You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On Tuesday, August 11th, the Big Ten Conference ultimately made the decision to postpone all fall sports for the 2020-21 season, effectively ending all games, championships, and tournaments that would have come from the fall season. Obviously, a decision that probably didn't really surprise anybody, but nonetheless is still sort of disappointing for fans like myself that were looking forward to uh, fall sports. Uh, shortly after that announcement from the Big Ten Conference, Purdue's athletic director Mike Bobinski and head football coach Jeff Brom held a media availability. Uh, take a listen on what they had to say. Um, this is not a day that uh, any of us were looking forward to and uh, honestly did not expect that we would be here today here on whatever day this is. Uh, I've lost track at this point in time. However, uh, you know, we are, I like everyone, incredibly disappointed and frustrated um, uh, that we find ourselves in this situation. Um, but we also recognize that the decision uh, that was made today was made with all the the, the right intentions and the, and, the, and the best thoughts in mind uh, to uh, to protect the safety and, and health and well-being of our, of our athletes, our coaches, our staff, everybody involved. And uh, we, we get that. There, this is an, a situation that no one has, uh, has any history or any, any reference points to be able to navigate through. We're all dealing with it uh, as, as facts and circumstances present themselves. And uh, we, we do respect that the decision today was, was for the, all those reasons, uh, based on, on medical guidance and, and, and the challenges of trying to compete on 14 different campuses across 11 different states. I and mean, there's lots of complication that goes into trying to make this happen. And uh, we, we get that. We understand that. It uh, doesn't lessen our disappointment, um, nor does it lessen our resolve to try and find a way through this. We met earlier this afternoon with... Uh, our fall sports student athletes that are back on campus, uh, which would be our football, volleyball, women's soccer uh, athletes all together. It was, as you would expect, a somber room. Uh, not a lot of, not a lot of smiles um, from anybody, no, nor were they expected. Uh, but, but, you know, they took the, the news uh, very responsibly, very professionally. Um, and I think probably had some inkling that things were we're, we're heading in a direction as we adjusted our workouts here earlier this week. So, uh, you know, we've, we've done that and we've tried to give them some sense of, of what happens in the, in the really near term, uh, but still lots to learn and, and lots to uh, figure out as we move forward. So. So what happened in the last week since they released the football schedule? What sort of happened is the, 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 the thinking, the evidence, the, the reality of the circumstance, you know, sort of reached a critical mass over the weekend. Uh, and, and I think it was brought into focus as we began practice more in earnest last week, not just for football, but for volleyball and other sports. You know, you sort of saw that reality of what we were trying to pull off. And uh, I think that caused a, uh, you know, a relook and, and sort of a, a deeper evaluation of, of the realities and the practicalities of, of making this happen at this moment in time, given the circumstances and uh, all the different things that go into it, the uncertainty around the virus and its, and its health effects, the availability of testing, uh, the inability of certain schools in certain regions uh, potentially to, to gather in sufficient numbers to be able to practice effectively. You know, lots of things became problematic, and I think that uh, it all sort of came together 
uh, which is which then resulted in a very hectic uh, 72 or 96 hours, whatever period of time it has been uh, arriving finally where we are right now. Obviously, this is fall sports being postponed. Basketball kind of starts in fall. You have any 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 sense yet for what this means for basketball's ability to start when it's supposed to start? Uh, don't don't yet. I mean, obviously, those those conversations about sports that are two semester sports mm -hmm. uh, will be immediately forthcoming here. And by immediately, I don't know if that's tomorrow, the next day, or the next day. But we're not far off from having to deal with that and to get some clarity around around what the fall will look like for, for those sports and, and, then, and then beyond. So uh, that, that will be on the agenda as we continue working through this as a group of, uh, as a group of institutions in, in, our, in the league. Well, Binsky was also asked about where he stood heading into Tuesday's decision. Here's what he had to say about that. Well, I, I, I know that we, like many others in our league, all, all others in our league, have put lots of protocols, lots of mitigation strategies in place to allow us to try to work through potential circumstances. Uh, we constructed a schedule that had built in uh, certain flexibilities to allow us to, to adjust to potential disruptions. And you know, me personally, I, I would have told you that I would have liked to see us uh, give that a little bit more of a chance to see if, it, if we could get through it. Now, I also respect and understand that if the evidence and the, the circumstances look in such a way that that is just simply not going to be feasible, that we're going to ultimately land here anyway, then, then, then so be it. Then this is, then this is in fact the best move. But I, I, I guess I would personally have prefer, preferred us to take a little bit of a uh, more considered and, and slow down approach to see if we might push back and let it breathe a little bit, see if our mitigation protocols, uh, which have worked to this point in time, uh, obviously just practice and not as intense a practice situation as we've entered now, uh, but they have proven to be uh, effective to this point, and uh, I would like to have thought that perhaps they could have continued to do so. However, I, I understand and, and, and appreciate the decision, and we and we will we'll work through it uh, like everyone else. Bobinski was then asked about his thoughts on a spring season, uh, what he thought about doing that, and how that would affect the 2021 fall season following. You know, there are some geographic realities about where we live in the Big Ten uh, that make the spring, you, know, you got to define the spring in a way that you think you can actually get out there and play, and it's not a tundra. So, uh, you know, by, by that definition, it would probably have to be a, a March start in my mind. And then this is just my, you know, back of the neck and here noodling on the thing. Uh, probably a March start. I don't know that we would have a 10-game season. Uh, maybe it would be the nine that we currently had on the schedule. Uh, but it could be 10. I, I, I don't, again, we just haven't gotten deep enough at all into that conversation. We were so focused on trying to make the fall happen uh, that this is now the next set of conversations that, that present themselves. So I don't, I don't have any clarity on that. Um, you know, the, the prospect of, of, of a season, then, a, then an off season, and then another season obviously presents a, a set of challenges that we've got to anticipate and think about and, uh, and, and try to understand what that what that might really mean would, would it in fact cause both seasons to be shortened in some way and, and that's not not ideal in any sense of the word but but it's certainly possible hey mike good to see you again sorry it's under these circumstances yes, uh, as my mom always tries to tell me there's more to life than just sports but uh, as, you, as you think about this some of these young folks have been so passionate you see them on twitter how disappointed they are 
how do you kind of console them? You said you talked to a lot of the athletes today and they were disappointed, but you kind of have to sometimes remind them that maybe father's father knows best in a situation like this, don't you? Yeah. And I, and I tried not to be that guy and, and to preach at them today. They, is, is there, nobody wanted to hear that. And I didn't want to say it, to be honest with you. Um, what we tried to impress upon them is that hey, we're going to stay connected. We're going to stay with you on this. We're going to support you in every possible way. Uh, you know, obviously your continued participation at, at this moment in time is, is entirely your call. It's, it's optional, uh, but we're going to provide that opportunity. We're going to continue to, uh, again, stay engaged. And, and, and I reminded them that, hey, while we're not preparing for competition in the fall like we all expected to, uh, you're still Purdue student athletes. You still have, uh, you, you wear that every single day and, uh, and, and staying, you know, staying in, in line with, with, with your responsibilities and, and who you are and how you carry yourself all matters. Um, and, and I also reminded them, hey, we're going to continue to, while we continue to work out, the, the testing protocol, the safety protocols, the masking, the social distancing, all of that is, you know, staying safe is, is a big deal at this point in time. And we want to make sure that we, we that this is not the time for our athletes to, uh, to, to walk away from all the things that they've been doing so effectively over these last several weeks and, and in some cases months. Uh, so I, and I think, you know what, they're, they're mature and responsible young folks, and I, I feel really good about, about how they'll ultimately respond to this. I mean, it was not a good day for them. It wasn't a message they wanted to hear, but they, they uh, took it like uh, mature young people, and, and I think they'll respond appropriately. Following Bobinski's comments, Jeff Brom jumped in and answered the media's questions. Take a listen. You're a guy that loves football. You coach football. You play football. You did all this to have um, – to not have a season now just kind of – what were your initial thoughts of all this and how have you kind of compressed all this into what this means for your program and also for your players and, you know, kind of, how do you, how do you move forward after this? Well, I'm very personally very disappointed. I know our team is disappointed. I know really everyone across our conference is disappointed not to get the opportunity to play football. That's what we train for. It's what we work for. It's a game. It's a lot of fun to do. It's a lot of fun to watch and, uh, you know, we were looking forward to it, and uh, we were excited about playing a conference-only schedule of 10 great uh, teams in our conference and uh, seeing how that played out. So our guys um, have taken it hard. Um, you know, we kind of caught wind uh, a couple of days ago that some things may be going down, so we had a little idea that there were some uncertain times of these next few days, especially when the conference went to just helmets only uh, throughout training camp until they got more information. So that's when it kind of set in a little bit for our guys, and uh, we were hopeful to get some good news today, but uh, we did not, and we have to move forward. Do you have any idea what you'll be able to do this fall? Does fall turn into a pseudo spring practice season, or do you have any idea yet? Well, I don't think there's any definitive answers yet. Uh, there's been a lot of things discussed. Um, I think it's important that we take care of our players and provide them a home here uh, to train and to uh, be taken care of and to be monitored and with proper COVID protocol to make sure our guys are staying healthy. And that's for sure going to happen. And we want to make sure we do that. We want to continue to help our guys improve and get better and become the best player they can be. Um, in my opinion, I really don't know how you can have a version of spring football in the fall when you're not allowed to play football games. So I, I don't see that happen. And I don't really think that's the best thing to happen. I think we can get work done. Uh, and in my opinion, prepare to try to play a spring season. I think uh, myself and our team, we want to play football. I've heard a lot of people 
get on the air and say they want to play football. And uh, while I want to do it right now as well, if it can't happen now, we all need to find a way to see if we can play in the spring. And I think there can be a lot of advancements uh, that happen until then that give us the opportunity to do that. And I'm hopeful that uh, you know, we can prepare to possibly play a season in the spring. I mean, there are some challenges there from a weather standpoint, trying to play outdoors and whether it be late February, early March, uh, but are those in your mind, big obstacles to overcome or is that something you feel can, can't, the conference can't overcome to, to have a season? Well, weather is not the biggest obstacle to me. I think, uh, you know, between now and, and, and whenever we start in the spring, uh, the medical advancements in, that we can make uh, and the education we can learn along the way, um, the possible ability to get a vaccine before then, uh, the ability to watch the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and see how these teams react. Uh, I think there could be a lot of improvement uh, to help us get to that point. Now, the exact time frame and amount of games, I don't know the exact answer. In my opinion, you know, maybe you start March 1st and you have an eight-game season that ends at the end of April. Maybe you have an eight-team playoff uh, to make it exciting uh, that doesn't go beyond uh, Memorial Day weekend. And then maybe you give yourself, uh, the players, the entire summer off from workouts. You know, right now, you know, people talk about, you know, that can't happen. Um, you know, we, we play a season, we go to a bowl, and then basically right after the bowl, a couple weeks later, we're starting training already. Uh, there's not a whole lot of time off that we have now. We go through spring practice, we tackle, we scrimmage, we have a spring game. Um, you know, so to me, it's possible, then maybe you, you bump back the start of the next season to October 1st and maybe just have a 10-game season continued with a, uh, an eight-team playoff to have some excitement. Uh, and then possibly after that, maybe don't have spring practice the following year to allow more time. So to me, there's a lot of things and discussions that need to happen uh, to, to give that an opportunity and a chance to happen. Then also maybe have fans in the stands that give excitement to the game of football. That's really what college football is all about. I mean, to be honest with you, there probably weren't a whole lot of teams excited to go play Penn State in a stadium where no one was in there. Uh, so I think we need to look into it. Uh, I'm totally for uh, trying to make that work, and I'm hopeful that uh, our entire conference and when it's all said and done, everyone involved can find a way to play football in the spring, especially if we really want to play football and give our seniors a chance to play football. Just one more from me. Will, will the program continue to uh, do COVID tests uh, for the foreseeable future? We actually have a COVID test scheduled for tomorrow. So, yes, I think uh, – you know, in my opinion, uh, we've done a great job here of taking care of our guys with the testing, with the contact tracing, uh, with the numerous um, elements of spreading out and keeping space in our building uh, to the sanitation, sterilization, constant cleaning, uh, keeping space on the practice fields. I think we've done a great job. And I'm sure other programs have done a good job as well. Um, so that'll continue. And we're going to give our guys an opportunity to continue to improve and get better and, and, and hopefully have a chance to play football, whatever that is. Hey, Jeff. Um, I think I just heard you on, on BTN say Saturday was a turning point. Can you speak to what happened Saturday that kind of swung this in the direction it ended up going in? Well, I think Saturday was the day that uh, they came out with, hey, we're going to continue the acclimatization period of just helmets. Mm -hmm. uh, from my understanding, uh, there was a, a possible meeting between all the medical experts and the medical task force that we had in the Big Ten with the commissioner. I was not on that call. I'm not even sure if the ADs were on that call uh, that 
there wasn't a whole lot of good information and there was a lot of doubt about being able to play the season. Uh, and that's when, you know, we knew we, some things were going in a direction we didn't want because until then there was a ton of positivity and we were extremely excited about the season. Uh, and then from there it became obviously more and then it became what it became today. So while I want to play and we all want to play in the end, you know, I'm not going to second guess our commissioner. I'm not going to second guess the medical experts. In the end, we have to abide by what they say. I mean, I know on, on our team, we have a, a team doctor, we have a trainer. I don't always agree with what they say, but in the end, I have to go by what they're saying. So, you know, obviously the information became so much that they didn't think it could happen this fall. So uh, we'll have to try to move forward and go from there. Mike asked you before what you can do uh, from here on out, but can you speak to the importance of having something to do with them? For a lot of these guys, obviously, structure is important. The resources around your program, the oversight, I'm sure, is important. Can you just kind of speak to the importance of being able to keep guys around football? It's such a big part of what they do, such a big part of their identity and their, you know, their, their well-being. You're correct. I mean, I think we have a great plan in place. Uh, yes, being here on campus, um, us being able to um, – do the things necessary in this building, uh, in our weight room, and from a nutrition standpoint, and from a football standpoint, I think we can do a great job. In the end, when, when people get on campus, are players really going to abide by those stern social distance guidelines that we have? I'm hopeful, uh, because to me, that's when possible more problems can come about. But I know, you know, even with our team, we did a great job, but we had a few people test positive. We had quite a few out from contact tracing. We had multiple guys out twice from contact tracing for a total of 28 days when they never had one symptom. So I think going through the entire fall season with that taking place, there's going to, you know, there's there were some question marks of whether that was going to be a viable option for every team in the Big Ten if they were abiding by the strict protocols that were put in place. I was hopeful it could happen. But that's why we told our team, hey, everybody has to be ready to play because I don't know who's going to get in. There can be some situations when uh, we show up to test one day and, and we have multiple positives and then multiple people are out. and We've got to adjust. Uh, so, you know, like I said, you know, I think our guys being here, they're going to be safe. Uh, but when it comes to people coming on campus, we're going to have to be responsible when they leave the building as well. Right. And just uh, one other quick question for me. Does this have any bearing on how you recruit moving forward? Does this affect the process at all? Or does this, is this you put all your time into recruiting now? Or I, I guess I, I know it, it's, it's, this is also new, but do you have any thoughts on that part of it? Well, in a recruiting standpoint, uh, you know, not being able to get guys on campus has not been official for us. Uh, so it has not uh, been something that I've liked, but, you know, it, it's, it's the same everywhere. So at least I can say it's consistent everywhere and no one has a true advantage from that aspect. But, Yes, it's important for us to get guys on campus. It's important for us to peop to showcase what Purdue has uh, to offer, which I think is more than what they normally think when they get here. And we've had great success up until that point. This year, you know, there is going to be a smaller class, so we're not interested in, in signing as many. But at the same time, not being able to get people on campus uh, has, has uh, I wouldn't say hurt us, but it's, it's not been a positive for us. And, and uh, that'll probably continue for quite a bit longer. I'm good. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Brian. Tom Deanhart. Hey, Jeff. Uh, do you wish maybe the Big Ten would have waited a little bit longer, maybe tried to play September 26th? Uh, uh, is that something you maybe would have liked to have seen happen? 
Well, you're reading my mind. I mean, uh, when we were in all these discussions uh, from a coaching standpoint and uh, Big Ten, you know, my personal opinion was to have multiple plans ready. And uh, that was, okay, worst case scenario, let's get the spring plan ready. Okay, let's say we can't start on time. Let's be able to maybe back that thing, thing up a little bit. In my opinion, when the SEC backed it up to September 26th, I thought we should have as well because it would allow us more time, a few weeks, to gather more information and to maybe more testing kits and protocols that we can adjust from, see how it reacts when people get on campus. So I do think that hurt us, uh, that we didn't do that. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, we've had to, the Big Ten had to do what they had to do in the end today. But yes, I, I think it hurt us, and, and I would have preferred if we had scooted this, the season back. Are you afraid of maybe any players opting out because of this, losing any guys? Are you talking about if we have a spring season? Um, just, just not playing this fall. Maybe say the SEC's plan, the ACC's plan. Somebody's looking for a place to play. You know what? Uh, I can't predict the future. I, I don't see that happening, uh, but I, 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 I couldn't say it's not going to. Um, you know, I, I'm, I would have loved to have a, you know, a, a commissioner that was in charge of all five of the power fives and they all were on the same page and we all made decisions together. Uh, yay or nay, and, and that would have been the most benef a benefit, uh, excuse me, the, the best situation that we could have. So that would have been the preferred. Uh, so now that, you know, we've made our decision, we've got to be able to adjust to what the others do. And, um, you know, if, if someone wants to do that, you know, um, you know that's their prerogative. But I, I feel good about our team right here. I feel good about that they understand we've done everything we can uh, from our part and that we were ready to play. Uh, and we're all disappointed to not get that opportunity. Hey, last question, Jeff. Um, what do you think of some of your peers being so vocal yesterday about wanting to play, the James Franklins, the Scott Frost, the Jim Harbaugh's? Um, I'd, I'd just sort of like to see what, what you thought, not that you're on Twitter 24 hours a day, but I'm sure you heard about it and, and, and what, what you thought of that. Well, I wanted to play just as much as them, and our team did as well. And I think that all of us wanted to play, and, and yes, uh, those guys were vocal about it. Uh, at the same time, I did understand that I'm not going to second guess, you know, the experts and the medical experts and our commissioner, even though I don't you know, agree with the decision, but I don't have all the information that they have. Uh, and I don't know if maybe our coaches had all the true medical information uh, that maybe the experts had and our task force had and the commissioner had. Uh, so, yes, I was right with them as far as, yes, I want to play. Yes, if we can, let's move it back, buy ourselves more time. Uh, so I'm in agreement with that. Uh, and then to me, that's why, you know, if all of us really want to play that bad and we're not getting the opportunity to do it now, we all need to be into trying to play in the spring and, and to at least explore that opportunity to make it happen. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Tom. Um, Chris. Hey, Coach. Uh, we know how much football has meant to you in your life as a coach and before that as a player. Uh, I was just wondering if you could imagine, you know, at the highest level, playing down there at Louisville, if you were told as a player how you would have accepted this news, and maybe you can empathize a lot more with players than some of the other coaches around the country. Well, uh, I'm sure that all the players are disappointed across the Big Ten and then even Pac-12 now, if that's the case, uh, because it is disappointing. I mean, uh, you, you train your whole life, you work hard, this is a great game. It's a lot of fun uh, for yourself, for your families, for your teammates. It builds character, it helps you in the future, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's a disappointing day, uh, and it's something that, uh, you know, we, we wish never would have happened. And, uh, 
unfortunately did. So, you know, the only thing I can do and hopefully our coaches can do is, is go somewhere from here. How are we going to make it a positive? And, and to me, when you talk about seniors that may not get an opportunity to play again, I would like to find a way to let them play in the spring. So that's why I'm so vocal about trying to find a way to make it work because I think these guys deserve an opportunity to play. And, uh, you know, they've worked their tail off and, and we need to try to provide that and see if we can figure that out. And Coach Jojo Gentry alongside Chris Hagan here. Um, obviously, you're hopeful for a spring season, but what do workouts and, and training sessions look like for you now and the players up until potentially March or whenever the season could get started in the spring? Well, those things haven't been decided yet. I know what my opinion is. I mean, I, I feel like it's important that, um, you know, we provide a home for our players right now and give them an opportunity to train and uh, the proper nutrition and the pop proper shelter and get a great education and continue to improve the game of football. Um, you know, if we're shooting for a, a possible spring season, you know, you, you don't want to burn your guys out right now. Uh, you want to get them in shape and, 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 and maybe go back to, a, um, you know, an eight-hour week normal summer hours that you have where our guys are training and doing football work and getting better and uh, supposedly, you know, maybe having the weekend off. And as we get closer to that time frame in the spring, maybe we increase the hours that we can have with them. And uh, whether that's go back to this 20-hour rule that we had here in these uh, six-week acclimatization period where we have some walkthroughs and we can do some more things with them, uh, it's good, you know, to think that you can, you know, get a spring practice in in the fall with what's going on with the virus and the pandemic. No, I don't, I don't think that's feasible. I mean, I'm all for football. I'd love to play as much as we can, but I don't think that's feasible. So I think we've got to be smart uh, and prepare ourselves to hopefully have an opportunity to play again. So that's how we would do it. We would be smart. We'd take care of our guys, but we definitely would provide them a home with proper testing and protocols that we're trying to keep them as safe as we can. Well, there you have it from Coach Brom. For more uh, reaction on Tuesday's decision, I wanted to bring in uh, Golden Black Illustrated's publisher and a friend of the Full Steam Ahead podcast, Alan Karpik. Alan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, as well as I can be for not having any, any prospects of football in the fall, but uh, doing just fine, Adam. Thank you. No kidding. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate you jumping in and kind of giving your take on this whole situation as well. Uh, of course, about a year ago at this time, Alan, you and I were talking and breaking down the schedule for the 2019 season. So what a difference a year uh, makes. I would I much, 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 sorry, would much rather us be talking about that right now. But here we yeah. are nonetheless. Uh, when you saw the Big Ten's decision on Tuesday afternoon, uh, your first reaction when you heard the news? Well, I think it was as much anything was finality. I mean, it, it, I think we all thought it was coming um, in one form or another, especially over the weekend when you started to see and hear and read uh, things uh, that uh, from Kevin from tweets about Kevin Warren uh, preferring a fall, or excuse me, a spring season. And just the way the trending of all this, uh, it seemed to be the, it just wasn't shocking yet. I will say this, it is shocking that we're not playing football no matter what. So I've not gotten used to that notion. All I'm saying is that the progression towards the decision wasn't surprising, but it is shocking that uh, we're not going to have a 2020 season in the fall. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I wasn't surprised by the decision one bit, but nevertheless, it's disappointing. You know, yeah, so been disappointed, you, no doubt. You, you want to see football. Obviously, you care uh, first and foremost about the health and well-being of the student athlete and, and, and the kids on campus. 
but yes, you you know, if they wanted to play, it would have been nice to let them let them play. Or as in Coach Brahms' words, let's play football, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I think that that was the ultimate thing. Is is that in Jeff Brahms said on uh, on Tuesday, you know, he kind of said he didn't necessarily agree with the timing. Said he would have pushed it back maybe to September 26th. Mike Babinski said the same thing. Um, and yet uh, they're part of the Big Ten. They accept the decision. They also had both admitted that they, or at least Jeff Brown admitted that he didn't have access to all of the, all of the medical uh, proof that brought this to the fore. So again, I give them credit for speaking their mind on that, but also accepting the group decision. And no one wants to accept this decision. It's, <laughs> it's an extremely difficult thing. And uh, for anybody that's involved with uh, Purdue sports, Purdue football, Big Ten football, uh, sports in general, it, it is a, a very, very disappointing and sad day. For sure, for sure. Thoughts on, uh, I know both, Bobinski and Brom commented on your thoughts on, you know, the, the idea of moving this to a spring season. Well, I, I think financially uh, it, it needs to happen <laughs> if they can possibly make it happen. They're trying to, to resurrect. I mean, they're looking at, uh, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of 40 to $50 million deficit with no, no fall football. And you hope you might be able to make that, make that back. I think that both the, uh, both uh, Babinski and Brom talked about uh, getting to work on that notion sooner than later, probably started uh, on Wednesday uh, in terms of what that spring season will look like. Uh, and I don't know that uh, we're going to know a lot about it because we still have to get control of this uh, virus and figure out a way that at least uh, from the from the eyes and the ears and the minds of the uh, Big Ten uh, brethren that we can do this safely and they haven't uh, have, aren't to that point yet and you have to hope that you're going to be in that situation whether it be from for basketball in, in in december or january or back to looking at football in march all those factors play into to this and, and uh, very very difficult uh, decisions on all fronts you don't like uh, adam lose lose situations and this is what that was and what that is uh, at this point yeah, certainly. Hopefully, yeah, like you said, we can kind of resurrect some kind of spring season so we still have football. And I, I know the NCAAs left it up to all the conferences, but you'd like to see all the conferences come together and make that decision so you can see a true, you know, college football season. Your thoughts on, you know, other con conferences should follow suit or just let them do what they want to do? Well, I don't know. The, the, the challenge is, Adam, is that there isn't any, there's no consistency, no, no czar of college football. So I think that the, the ACC, at least as of Wednesday night in the Big 12 and the SEC, are going to continue to test the water. And uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think they're right. I think they'll end up in the same place as the Big, the Big 10 and the Pac-12. Uh, but they've chosen another path. And uh, it will be a fascinating soap opera-like story uh, when you have schools in the Big Ten that are still like Nebraska, uh, to some extent Ohio State, still talking about uh, the desire uh, to, to uh, play. Everybody wants to play, but the, the big boys really want to play, it seems. And uh, that's what's going to be an interesting storyline. I don't see at the end of the day that Nebraska is going to be able to jump. Uh, because I think the Big Ten's power is too strong. And Kevin Warren fi fired one over the bow, so to speak, uh, at Nebraska on, on, on uh, Tuesday. And I, I got to believe the Cornhuskers want to stay in this league. Uh, they had better, can better stay put. But that doesn't guarantee that's what's going to happen because, as we know, in the last uh, since the 13th of March or wherever we were, uh, all bets are off of just about everything.
for sure. It'd be interesting to see if some point in the fall and some point in the spring, if they do still do a national championship or if they just do conference championships and it's just this year's kind of a, a wash. As far yeah, as I, I think we, I, I think it'll be very challenging to come up with any consensus unless they all play in the spring. Right. And I can't see a schedule where you're going to have more than uh, eight or nine games in the spring and then come back and play in the fall in some level of eight, uh, fall of 21. And this is all assuming that we get control of this virus. And, and that's, a, that's a huge assumption that uh, we would all take that first for the health of this country and, 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 and the health of the world, I should say. Uh, I think all of that plays into it. So it's just, it's just a lot of questions and maybe more questions. Uh, the only question that was really answered is they're not playing – the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are not playing football uh, as early as September the 3rd, as was previously planned. Right. As obviously, you and I don't have no crystal ball either, but do you no. see this bleeding into winter sports as well? Well, I think I think it can't help but do that. I, I, I think, you know, with the cancellation of all fall sports – um, you know, there, there's going to be uh, a day of reckoning with uh, basketball, men's and women's. Uh, part of me says by the ba- that it's easier. Um, again, if we get better scientific data that tells us that, that there's no the, the long-term effects of this, don't uh, put these kids into jeopardy. Uh, you obviously have a lot fewer of them, only 13 on scholarship for men's basketball and 15 for women. So, uh, but sports like wrestling, I don't know. I don't know how you get that done right now. I'm, I'm not just not sure. Uh, but uh, I think we do have some time on that. I could see a schedule that starts in January with basketball that leads to conference only. We saw that theme uh, along. It just really depends where we are in things like testing, where we are with respect to the a vaccination, hopefully at that point, though I think that still is a little bit uh, uh, hopeful uh, to get it that early. But, it, you know, all those things uh, are going to have to come together. We've seen basketball be played, you know, by the uh, what we saw with the men of Mackey in, in, in Columbus, Ohio. It can be done, um, and, and I think it can be done safely and maybe easier. But that, these are all great questions that, uh, unfortunately, none of us, Adam, you know, in the sports world, none of us are patient. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible to be patient in this uh, environment, and yet that's all we're left with. Yeah, like you said, yeah, TBT and even the NBA have shown. Yeah, the NBA's been able to do it in relative terms pretty well. So yeah, I mean, and I think the NBA has been a great model. Unfortunately, you, you can't really do that with college kids and college sports because they got to go to class. And it's, that's it's, the huge difference is that is that you can't put them all in a bubble. I think that's kind of what we got to with respect to. Um, college football, but I still think the myocarditis and, and their lack of understanding there, it appears, is a huge stumbling block. And I get it. Uh, you know, if I had a child that was playing football, I'd be very nervous from that standpoint. And yet, uh, there's still time to figure some of this out. Uh, and and if we can get to a f- spring season, I, I just think, Adam, we're going to see a very different landscape for the world of college sports uh, moving forward. And, and what we predict today is not necessarily what's going to happen uh, when we get past this virus and move back to some level of normalcy. Right. Talk about, uh, I know Bobinski touched on it a little bit, and then later in the day on uh, Tuesday, Purdue Athletics released their, I think, uh, more than a game campaign. Talk right. about financial ramifications. This decision happens because it's not just football, even though that's the biggest moneymaker. This is volleyball, soccer, cross country, all the sports. Talk about that effect. Well, 
Well, it's a huge effect. I mean, if you look at the dollars, uh, roughly 52 to $53 million each conference school got last year in television revenues. Not all that's from football, but about 80% of it, as I understand it, is. So if you look at that and know that Purdue ran a, a $7, 8000000 million surplus last year, well, you, you now are looking at potentially a $40 million shortfall. So at least, and, and if that happens, and if you don't have fans in basketball, that's another seven, $8 million. If that happens, um, you're just looking at a very, very, you know, an, an, an environment where you may have to make up 40 to $50 million. And Purdue is not the only school to uh, uh, have some kind of an in-house uh, fundraising campaign. Uh, I thought the video was compelling. I think the timing is difficult. Uh, just because uh, there are a lot of people in this country are, that uh, are challenged on, on, from a job standpoint, all that. It's not easy to raise money right now. But Purdue has a very passionate fan base, and, and, uh, and, and I think you have a chance. Uh, you you want to make that good, good faith effort. Also, and I think this will be a storyline that we'll watch and may not know, don't really know a lot about it, but somebody's going to have to fund it, this deficit in some format. I mean, I, I'm sure there will be unfortunate those layoffs, salary cuts, all those things will happen, uh, almost guaranteed. I don't see any way around it, but that still isn't going to make up that uh, all of that uh, 40 to $45 million deficit, and universities are going to have to find a way to bridge or finance this in some manner. I don't know how that gets done, uh, but uh, especially in this environment, uh, they deem that athletic departments are a very important part of what, what a university is about. So, uh, you have to believe that day is coming. And, and how that gets done, uh, Adam, is, is beyond my pay grade, at least today. We'll try to figure that out, but I don't know how you get this done just yet. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully some alum, the John Purdue Club, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe a professional NFL quarterback for a team down south. Yeah, or, uh, yeah. Drew can just uh, give up one year's salary, right? But, uh, you know, I think that that's it, not to be flippant about that because there's nothing funny about this, and I get that. But, uh it is a serious deal, and it's going to force us to look at how we look at sports. And 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 maybe I'm not. No one deserves this. No one wanted this. Uh, I'm not saying this is punishment for anything, but I do think that we'll have to uh, uh, take a look at uh, the necessary things that have to happen and and see what that means at the end of the day, and uh, and and then find a way to move forward. For sure, and I know a big. A big part of what you guys do at Golden Black is cover recruiting, uh, potential potential guys coming into the program, football, basketball, whatever it is. Talk about, does this have an effect on recruiting? Um, it, it certainly can, man. And Jeff Brom talked about that on Tuesday, just the fact that uh, though Purdue is not any different uh, boat, and there was another, I think, another uh, determination day by uh, the, uh, that the NCAA uh, limits uh, limited uh, in how are on campus visits now I believe through the end of the year I'm not 100% sure on that my point is all coaches want to get prospects on campus that's just a fact now the fact that everybody is is um, equal uh, that nobody can do it does that benefit a Purdue uh, that may have gotten some kids in here or in Indiana or whomever I don't know uh, I do know that uh, it coaches don't like to fly blind uh, anymore. They love to have data. And, 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 you know, if there's no high school football played, which is, a, is certainly a question this year at best, uh, there's going to be places where it's definitely not going to be played. Whether that's going to be the case in the state of Indiana, we don't know yet. 
uh, although my guess is that we will get to that point. But my point is, is that uh, all those data points uh, make it even tougher to find uh, walk-ons, guys that fill out your roster. Uh, and Purdue, the one advantage Purdue has maybe this year is a, a little bit smaller recruiting class. Jeff Brom talked about that, but uh, he still is not uh, relishing the fact that he's not going to have guys on campus. Basketball, much the same way. Now, we, we are watching some kids play AAU basketball right now, uh, and and certainly that is – but it's still – you're not getting kids – and you've had some kids. Purdue's had – at Caleb First and Harrison Ingram on campus, that's a positive. Uh, some schools that those kids have, well, Fierce First is obviously committed to Purdue, but Ingram has, has uh, some of the schools he's committed, not committed to, hasn't visited yet. So is that an advantage for Purdue? Great question. And uh, we'll find out here as these kids make their decisions. And for them, it's not an ideal situation because they can't have all the information. Yanni Karloftis, another highly heralded linebacker from West Lafayette, who likes has visited Purdue, has visited Wisconsin, likes Cal and Oregon on his list, has postponed his date. Uh, we don't know exactly why, but uh, he's not going to be able to make visits to Cal and to Oregon. Does that benefit Ohio or excuse me, Wisconsin and Purdue? Maybe, uh, but it's just a very strange year, and we're talking about things that, you know, Adam, we could have never conceived a, a year ago that would ever come to pass. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully in Yanni's case, we got the uh, inside. Uh... Uh, scoop there with his brother of course already on campus so hopefully help us there and man what a huge get that would be to get uh, Harrison Ingram I know we're kind of get a little off topic here but I mean uh, to have him and Caleb first in a recruiting class would be well it would make this uh, pandemic seem a little better from a Purdue perspective and and uh, I know that Purdue has done a good job recruiting Ingram and 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 there's uh, but there's some heavy competition in there we've seen this before and a guy that is, is a difference maker as a player from all, all indications. But again, this is the funny nature of this pandemic. And, and, you know, you know, our guy's going to hope, you know, wait around and, and, uh, you know, they can still sign as late as February for football. I believe that is still the case. I know the early signing period is, is right is just before Christmas. But my point is, is that, you know, maybe, maybe their guys are going to wait around and see if they can uh, push this to, to February 21 and, and hope they can make visits. I don't know, but uh, it is really made for an interesting landscape. That's for sure. Alan, I appreciate your feedback. Anything else that you wanted to add, uh, just kind of based off what we've found out this week? Well, I, I just think it's, it's, it, it, it is, you watch Jeff Brom and Mike Babinski handle themselves very well in, in a very difficult time. Uh, you know, you, you get a guy like Mike Babinski, who's, uh, has been, uh, um, been through difficulties, but nobody's been through things like this. And Jeff Brom, he's the definition of let's play football. Uh, and yet I thought that they both uh, you know, are taking a reasonable approach uh, and also a, a, an approach of we're going to take care of our kids, our student athletes, and do what we can to put ourselves in the best position. And Jeff Brom, even three days before this all went down, talked openly about a spring season. Uh, I think Jeff is a half half glass half full person and he's going to make the best of it and and uh, that is going to be difficult to do but uh, I, I think that uh, if anybody can do it uh, he can and that will get, that will bode well you know there's things we're going to miss this year we're going to miss uh, Rondale Moore and we're going to miss Rondale Moore playing with David Bell and, and things that uh, if you're a Purdue fan that was 
uh, going to be a golden moment. Not going to happen. Never going to happen now. And that's a, that's disappointing. But uh, the first thing's first here. We need to get this world healthy again and get to a situation where we can enjoy things like sports and, and move on from that point forward. Agree with you 100%. Yeah, let's get, let's get everybody healthy and, and yeah, hope for spring. Yeah, I was really excited to see this year's uh, team take the field. So a lot of good athletes and a, a young nucleus that could have, I think, surprised a lot of people this year. So yep. that in the spring. Yep, we hope so too. Awesome. Hey, Alan, thank you so much for your time. For our listeners or people watching this uh, interview online, jump over to gold black, goldenblack.com to get more extensive coverage than you're even hearing here. I know the guys over there uh, just do a fascinating, uh, a fantastic uh, job covering uh, Purdue sports. So, Alan, great job with what you guys are doing. Appreciate your time uh, joining the Full Seam Head Podcast. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's been interesting because our, our readership has stayed very, very strong. We've been lucky to have that. Uh, we've tried to be the Netflix of Purdue sports in some ways, and uh, uh, that uh, we appreciate uh, the, the knuckleheads out there and all the folks uh, that read our read our uh, website and Purdue fans. And uh, it's an important time to stay together. And we're grateful for all the people that uh, are part of our, our website and for Purdue fans in general. That's great to hear. All right, Alan, you take care and hang in there. Okay. All right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks. A reminder, you can follow the full steam ahead podcast on Twitter at full steam pod. And you can always listen to like comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.